Welcome back to The Square. I am your host, Curtis the Fifth. And I'm Curtis the Fourth. Today, we are going to recap week one. We are going to discuss big storylines happening ahead of week two of the NFL. Update the power rankings every week like we will. And we will wrap up making some game picks. Uh, but we have a lot to get to when it comes to wrapping up uh, week one, because man, wasn't this the, the this is the best way since I've been watching football that the the NFL season has ever been kicked off. I agree, all, all the way from Thursday to Monday, just fantastic games throughout. It was, I think, I they, they they man, I you know. I was almost like, kind of like missed me on that Monday night game. Just, you know, on paper, when I seen the Raiders, I'm just like, I'm Before, but w- right. watching Once that the game, game started, though, Jesus, oh my. That second God. half was insane. Best games of the, <laughs> best games of the week. <laughs> One of them. Uh, not the best, but my goodness. We I got guess. a few to talk about. Um, so let, let's just start with Thursday. Let's go down down the slate chronological order, if you will. Yes. Um, Dallas, whew, almost got him. 29, Tampa Bay 31. Tampa Tom out here just keeping things alive. I will say that game clearly showed me Dallas and Dak. Dak is all the way back. Like There's no d- disputing that. His stat line was insta- insane. Uh, 42 of 58, 403 yards, three touchdowns, one interception that wasn't his fault. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, I will say, if I ever see a ball hit you square in the hands again and it gets popped up for an interception, on behalf of my fantasy team, we're going to have some problems. <laughs> uh, Dallas was impressive, um, yes. to say the least. And I mean, I think we kind of expected that out of the offense, but yeah, the but, defense... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, let's just start there because I'm, I'm yeah I'm gonna jump all ahead of this. But the I, defense really, I mean, impress. I think more impressive than the offense. I, I will say the defensive front seven, defensive backs that there's still a major liability. But uh, Trayvon Diggs, he had a couple of plays. I mean, he he tried. He he did what he could against the, the that stable of weapons uh, over there in Tampa. Right. Uh, wasn't clearly enough, but it. It's not as bad as we were making it out to be this offseason. They clearly have made some improvements in, in specific areas. I like the whole uh, switching out the, the the linebacker strategy that they had. They have a, a tandem of Keanu Neal and Micah Parsons, and then the second tandem of Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch. Mm-hmm. Constantly rotating those guys, I think that was very interesting, and it clearly was was working. They they were always fresh. It doesn't seem like they had ever gotten tired throughout the game, so that was nice to see. Yeah. Uh, but defensive back-wise, you got Trayvon Diggs making a couple of plays, but outside of that, it's, it is still very thin, very light, and exactly how, how Tampa won. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, that, that it's it pissed, you know, some poor clock management down the stretch. Um, really just needed to ice, you know, get one more first down and that would ice the game. But, you know, they came up a little short, left too, a little too much time on the clock. And Tom Brady did what Tom Brady does. Well, you, you know, know, if you give t- Tom any more than a minute left on that clock, it's almost for certain you're not going home with the victory. Exactly. I mean, come on. You got to be 50 seconds. You know, and under you got a shot, but that's just that's yeah, that's just too much time. When it comes down to they got to get it, they got to get a field goal. You know, Brady though at forty four, or 
45 now? 44? He's 44 right yeah. now. Uh, he does go ahead and I think he just broke the record for oldest QB to win a game, a regular season game. And, I mean, he clearly still had it. It's not like he was just a part of the team. 32 of 50, 379 yards, four touchdowns, uh, two interceptions, both not his fault in my opinion. I, I don't think you should ever get uh, slated with an interception on a Hail Mary for one. And Leonard Fournette did the same thing C.D. Lamb did, just right in the hands. It was a little bit high, uh, but uh, still. There's a risk-reward there. He, he knew what he was doing. Hey. I know. <laughs> uh, but I got this there. Yeah, but it is, I'm saying not just for Tom Brady, but for any quarterback. You throw a Hail Mary, I think it's like one of those kind of – it's a mulligan. Just like we, we know what you're going for. It shouldn't really count against you. There should be like a second slot. Uh, but I do think for guys like C.D. Lamb and Leonard Fournette, they should get slated with with interceptions. I think we need to track interceptions in a different way. Yeah, uh, when we cover the Bears game, I got to. Yeah, we'll talk about that. that. Uh, like we yeah. need because I think if you slate it with like, hey, it get got tipped by the offensive lineman. That that's an offensive line interception. Uh, a a a wide receiver like C D Lamb gets hit square in the hands with the ball and he just pops it up. Mm-hmm. That's C D Lamb's interception. I think if we can track it like that, that would be more interesting and and and. It it tells the story a lot better. It should. I mean, like you're saying, it should be a bang bang. Look, I throw it. The defender grabs it. That's an interception. All this ball. Yeah, I threw in the it air, into triple it coverage, and, this, and, 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 and it got picked off. off. Yeah, that's on that's on the quarterback. Or you're throwing into a mosh pit, of course. Yeah. You know, from four, 75 yards down the field. I mean, come on, that should be his own category. Exactly, it's a hail mary category, but. That's that's advanced analytics. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I and I I did make it very clear in my notes here, specifically like what turnovers and and how they were caused and, and whose fault it was, uh, from from the plays that I was looking at. Um, gotcha. In all honesty, though, I don't think the defense lost in the game. I think Dallas's special teams lost in the game. Hmm. Say a little more. Greg Zerline, man, you got to be better. Thirty-one yard field goal, you missed that. You got to hit that. The PAT, you got to make that. You can't be missing missing anything inside of 35 yards. It's got it's got to be automatic. I yeah. and I and I know everybody who is a kicker out there and it I it's hard. It's yes, it's your job. I, I know you're I'm going to get the 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 kicker stands out there to come at me for saying this, but inside of 35 yards that that like I said, that's your job. You you got to be drilling those forty yards plus. I can kind of understand definitely some circumstances, especially with the with the blitz coming off the edge or something like that. I get that, mm-hmm. but anything within thirty five yards needs to be automatic for for an NFL kicker. And for Absolutely. you to miss that one, uh, and then to to off the upright, uh, hit that PAT. Those two those two were to me were just clear as day. Like though that's there's a four point swing right there. Right. Four points in your favor that you that that I don't think Tampa could have ever they they weren't going to stop you from making those or or or, or change the the way that they were going to play the game, so you that's a four point swing where it should, where it would have been thirty four thirty one and and Tom would have had to gone down and and actually score a touchdown he couldn't have just gotten into field goal range it would have been much harder exactly so we would have definitely had a different type of ending and outcome hundred um, percent but uh what you know. Well, as much as I was, you know, just floored and amazed by just Dallas, who looked like a real team finally, because we did not get to see much of that last year, even in Dak's four and a half games being in, you know, playing offensively, they were there, but the defense was just putrid. With that, I mean, this defense 
Yeah, they gave up 31 points, as generally speaking, they should have. But what we shot shocked, they were sitting there, you know, they, they put up 29. But not only that, they actually led in the game yeah. at some point. And in, in the second half, and, and like, I could understand you got out to a quick start and you, you get mm-hmm. a touchdown and, yeah, you get a first quarter quarter lead and, and then Tampa turns it on and they never look back. No, you guys stole the the lead in the third quarter, I think late third quarter, early fourth quarter, and and hold, held on to it for a little bit until uh, Tom Brady got going. Right. Um, so it just, I, I agree. It just that was that, like you said, that was a shocking thing about that uh, part of the game is where you you start to see, oh, Dallas really do tr- truly has a chance at winning this game. I think they had multiple leads in this game. And, and kind of went back and forth in the fourth quarter. Exactly. And what it actually exposes is, and, you know, this is kind of to your point about um, Tampa Bay and this whole running it back aspect. Mm-hmm. Their defense, bringing everybody back and all, was absolutely exposed. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that they're, they're you know, they're fugazi or anything like that, but... We get, there's a game film and there's something there's a blueprint here. They're to gonna go have to tighten of. up, but I think the biggest thing for for Tampa right now is they're going to have to figure out what they're going to be doing with this with their secondary specifically because mm-hmm. Sean Murphy Bunting went down. I think they had another guy go down um, on the defensive side, so they they're getting a little bit thin there, and that might be something that that haunts them down the road. It could very well be, um, and you know, no, no surprises again. I, I didn't have them slated for repeating, and I don't yeah. know how many other people did. But if, if for them to do it, it is going to be a tall tale for them. It's know? gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be a large, large task for them. Um, let's move on to the Sunday games. Uh, quite a few here that we got to talk yes. about. Let's go. Um, let's start with the noon window: Pittsburgh, Buffalo. Mm. Wow. Buffalo lays an egg. Pittsburgh wins it on the road 23 to 16. <sighs> Man, I I will just say from both sides, Buffalo and Pittsburgh, not impressed. <laughs> um no, I I'm not, I'm not impressed by what Buff- Pittsburgh did specifically. I I still think it was a fluke. I'm disappointed um, in Buffalo for sure. But Buffalo, I don't <laughs> think it was a fluke per se. It would happen. It just they came out flat. Yeah. And and never got going. I don't yeah. I don't know if they were just, you know, <clears throat> reading too many uh press clippings and feeling them feeling themselves a little bit too much. And it was really just, you know, went out there, you know, just super light and and really not as focused as they should have been. But and when you seen the game, they did not look well at all. They just look like a it looked like buffalo two years ago well just the two biggest things to to me when not when i'm looking at this game and and kind of in retrospect looking at at stats buffalo running backs clearly not effective they had 16 attempts combined for 73 yards and no touchdowns um i mean you're moving the ball but at, at the same time when you're when you combine that with the ball security issues where Josh Allen has two fumbles and he loses one of those and Devin Singletary also has two fumbles, like you, you just can't have that. It, it, it stifles your, your ability to keep momentum, mm-hmm. to build momentum in the first place, and, and it just makes it so much harder. This is just a much larger mountain to climb when you're, when you're pushing yourself back based off of uh, not being able to, to hold on to the ball. 
And and that's that has to be the offense's number one priority is is ball security this this upcoming week. Right. Um but for Pittsburgh, I will say I, I it's confirmed to me Pittsburgh's O line is, is putrid. Uh Najee Harris, for how good he looked just as a, as a being on the field against Buffalo, mm-hmm. uh, for him to only have 45 yards uh, in 2.8 yards per attempt, Pittsburgh's O line has to be so much better. And this this was a concern going into the season, you know. Um, but what else do they got? You know, it it, it is what it is. You gotta right? have more heart, at least, man. They were just 2.8 yards per carry. That that's tough. You got to be at least above three, and and I and a part of that is Najee Harris as a rookie. Yeah, mm-hmm. you 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 saw a hole and you and you didn't hit it fast enough. You were thinking too much. You see a hole, go hit it. Uh, but also the the old line's got to be better at at. It just looked like they were on skates the whole time, getting pushed straight back, and and, I, and it's compounded with the fact that there was so much pressure on Ben Roethlisberger as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he was eighteen for thirty two. Uh, had 188 yards. He threw a touchdown pass. I believe was that to was that to Johnson. Yep. Um, and then uh, he also had two sacks. Uh, so I mean, the sacks don't really reflect it, but there was a ton of pressure uh, on him throughout the game. And honestly, Pittsburgh got lucky because if they don't get that that punt block, they they're and I don't the know. If, don't leave that oh, and that out. fumble. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the. I feel like Pittsburgh got really lucky with that pump block because if mm. they don't get that, I don't see how this offense was going to continue to score. No, uh, that's pretty much the play of the game, and that's what turned it. That's what that's the uh, Pittsburgh maker couldn't the get over it, and neither. And I will say, for a guy who didn't practice at all, all all training camp, T.J. Watt, that that's a dude that I will have on any team, uh, just based off of the fact that that, that dude's motor. When he decides he wants to show up and play, which he did in week one, right. he comes up and he shows out. Yeah. Um, but that, that's really all I had. This one, I was just thoroughly unimpressed from both sides and, and honestly very disappointed in Buffalo's offense. Yeah, I, I don't want to dissect this too much or yeah. look too deep into this. Uh, we just take it as, you know what, the Bills laid an egg, like you said. The Steelers, well, remains to be seen what this team really is. Congrats, but, though. Yep, and the, <laughs> I'm, I'm at the same token. I can say the same could be said for the Bills. So we'll see. Let's see, you know, on the week two for these two teams. And yeah. Let's see what, what to make of this game further. But, yeah, let's move on. Another barn burner that we had on in that noon window, Minnesota. <laughs> at Cincinnati, twenty four, <laughs> and man, the kickers got him. Cincinnati twenty seven. I will say the NFL definitely disrespected this team. Uh, if you go on YouTube and watch the highlights of this game, mm-hmm. they don't even show the game winning field goal. Really? They end with the uh, with the tight end uh, crossing route where he got the where they got into field goal range. That's mm-hmm. what they end with, and I'm like, NFL Network, that is so disrespectful. Is that who uploaded it? <laughs> Yeah, NFL, they, they uploaded it, and they didn't even put up the game-winning field goal. Not interested in that. Okay, okay. I, I When I saw that, I, I I almost cried laughing. I was like, wow, they, they didn't even want to talk about it. No, of course not. Yeah. Uh, but, man, Cincinnati's defense, to me, that that's my number one note from this game. Cincinnati's defense was a very pleasant surprise in this game. And I will say, credit to you, you did call out Cincinnati as one of the teams you wanted to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Um. You didn't say exactly for what, but I guess it was for their defense because that that defense showed up. Absolutely, <laughs> not for that offensive line, but you know we're getting to that in a minute. But it was yeah, a defense. We'll, we'll I mean, it that. wasn't. But I, you know, I didn't want to go all into 
Just watch. I got a hot take yeah. for you. Watch this. No, their defense is they're serviceable. And any given Sunday, the the defense will can come out and you know punch yeah. you right in the mouth and go home. <laughs> you know <laughs> that'd be the end of it. And that's kind of what happened to Minnesota. Minnesota extended it a bit with this little fourth quarter comeback, and you know you know and edged themselves. Before we get to them though, I want to talk about Joe Burrow. Oh, go right ahead. Because Joe Burrow to me, I and I guess this is more of a credit to Zach Taylor. For them to understand, they clearly had to understand that their offensive line was putrid because they completely changed the way that they wanted to run this offense in this game. They went to this whole super efficient, short passing game that just absolutely negated any pass rush that Minnesota could generate. Um. Yeah, it's, I mean, man, I have not seen... I haven't seen this kind of offensive attack in a long time. I mean, since I, early two thousands, with New England, <laughs> just yeah, dink and dunk. Just I'm a, I'm a five three six yard you to death. Yeah, like, and they <laughs> could not stop it, and it wasn't like he was just constantly hitting the same guy over. And you know, I'm gonna keep doing yeah. this until you stop me. No, it was just <laughs> no. Whoever put their hands it was like it was just equal opportunity <laughs> offense there. Like you cross the you cross the middle, I'm giving you the ball. Whoever, right, let's just shout out Joe Burrow yeah. stat line here: twenty for twenty seven, <clears throat> put up two sixty one in yards and two touchdowns and no interceptions. Didn't turn the ball over. So that just an efficient, effective offense uh, to to kick off the season. I really like the way that they were playing there. Um, I will say for to wrap up the the Cincinnati side of things, the only thing that I really want to see from them is for obviously fix your offensive line. That that that's a must. Uh, I want. I would love to see a full season of Joe Burrow. <laughs> but then also, I just want to see them be more consistent through halftime. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, that was fine. Offensively, though, let's. Let, let's get that figured out because that, that way you can continue. That's how you win games. So you, you get out to a quick start, and then you maintain that through halftime at least well into the third quarter uh, to, to continue to build that lead. Uh, so in the fourth quarter, you can – not that you can take your foot off the gas, but that you can you can play more conservatively, if you will. Um, but to Minnesota, uh, clearly they just need to tighten things up because the, the other thing that I think killed them the most – penalties mm. offensively and defensively the, the offensive holding calls were ridiculous and and it wasn't like oh you, how are you going to call that holding it was like no you're clearly holding what are you doing like, right. let, like let's let's figure this out <laughs> well just as much as we you know <clears throat> are surprised by cincinnati's um defense in this game the other surprise was minnesota's defense for very different reasons like yeah. where the hell was their secondary i mean where were they? I'm just sorry. I'm just like non-existent outside of making penalties. They just really didn't make any stops. Uh, if there was a game for t- if there was ever a team to come on the road and just take one, it would have been this game. And-, and that's why I picked them. And and granted, I was wrong about that. You clearly called this one out. Uh, mm-hmm. Cincinnati, Cincinnati getting this win at home. Uh, but man, I I did I did not expect Minnesota to first off in the first half just completely lay an egg. They they just. They didn't come out to play on offense at all, uh, and, and like, and that's what I was that's what I was referencing when I was saying tighten up because they couldn't get anything going because the second that they got a big play, it's getting called back for for a holding penalty. Exactly, <clears throat> I, I, I I cannot emphasize how bad this defense was, and and but I think that that was what I was saying about Cincinnati, right? 
because they they really made an emphasis on pass rush, mm-hmm. and with Cincinnati's lack of an offensive line, they went to this dink and dunk offense that was just like, well, if you you can't sack me if you can't reach me, like just <laughs> surprise stat of the day for for Cincinnati, Joe Mixon. Yeah, I mean that's running second to Joe Burrow. I mean, I mean, good lord, twenty nine for one twenty seven. When that he got was the last? Touches, I was. Yeah. That's what I'm just, man. Look, season pro now. <laughs> All, four years of just nothing. I, I am so down on this guy, yeah. and yet this is probably because you've been burned from him twice on fantasy. That, that's what it is. That's that was the cough, nails in the coffin <laughs> last year. But even I have not seen anything out of Joe Mixon since his rookie year. Yeah, and until like until yesterday, I mean two days ago, actually. Like, yeah, but yeah, I'm like, uh, man, it was just impressive, you know, 29 for 127 and a touchdown. I mean, just, I mean, you would think if if I told you 29 for 127 and one touchdown or 20 for 61 and one, tell me who who's who's who. <laughs> you said really gonna tell me Joe Mixon outran Dalvin Cook? I mean, just he did, <laughs> but yet, yeah. But anyway, but not not saying anything's wrong with Dalvin Cook's numbers. He, he was able to at least salvage it with a touchdown. But beyond that, not much going on on that offense whatsoever. Like as you were saying, they just everything got called back. They never really got into any type of rhythm. You know, they kind of went into that two minute late in the game, which and for me that does not impress me because it's like if they, if that's what it takes for you to move the ball, obviously your whole plan no, for the, to for the me, week when you just went do out that the... you're just telling me you have no faith in your defense to be able to get a stop hmm. and when you're doing that against a cincinnati team a young cincinnati team that still hasn't gotten their sea legs under them mm-hmm. i come on like you're you're asking to lose the game right. they have nothing to lose they they know they're not supposed to win this game they're just gonna go out and they're gonna play their game. And why can't you do the same against this defense? What what about this defense is so good that you just felt like, well, we gotta run out the clock. We don't wanna and what about and, and what about your defense are you so concerned about that you feel like you can't you can't trot your defense out against against Cincinnati's young offense? Right. That I, I just uh, that was my biggest question. I just really didn't understand exactly as you were saying that just to switch that mentality because what was getting them down the field and getting them scores was aggressive, deep plays while the offensive line is not causing penalties. When the offensive line was fine and they were, hey Jefferson, just run, just go run. You and in Thielen, just get down the field, do a crossing route, Mm -hmm. run away from your defender. They were getting wide open, and it was quick plays getting down the field, and and they were bursting out for run after catch ability, and that's where they were getting all of their yards from. And then you just decided to to kind of mail it in, uh, to, to try to run some clock off, and clearly that didn't work. Right. Let's talk about. I think this is gonna be. I'm not gonna say the most surprising, but. Honestly, one of the most satisfying games, Arizona at Tennessee. Arizona absolutely trounces Tennessee, thirty-eight to thirteen. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna just let you start with this one. What, what did you see from this game? Name the game again. <laughs> Arizona, Arizona, Tennessee, noon window. Oh. <laughs> Arizona is that team. <laughs> I, I, you know, I was on the. I was on the cusp, of, you know, when we were we were already going through the power rankings and I mean the divisions, and 
you know, it was like they was like the the odd odd team out, yeah. but they are that team. I mean, they and we talking about just in the vacuum. Not surprised, but uh, not surprised overall. But I guess I'm a little more surprised than how horrible Tennessee looked. But <laughs> I don't want to go there. I'm credit to Arizona. The momentum, everything Every aspect was in, of the game. <laughs> yeah, they since they dominated. This is really not about Tennessee right now. Yeah. This is all about Arizona, and I think. Arizona is probably trying to make a push. I mean, you know, listening to some of the, you know, prognosticators out there and everything, and they like, man, why is our names not being mentioned? We was the bu- we was right there on the bubble last year, yep. and now no one is even giving them a chance to even even sniff the playoffs this year, as if they gotten worse and they've gotten better. I'm like, way better. And they took out and sniped out a contender, an AFC contender. I mean, and I'm I'm big on Tennessee now, yet. They made Tennessee look like, you know, Tennessee, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the question that I kind of had going into the season about Tennessee is just they, they have so much upside, but there's still that element of this is still Tennessee. And like I, I just don't see them <laughs> getting over that hump. Um, I can't even argue this at this point. It's, it's, it's not a good look. It well, was not a good look for them. Like, before oh, I get into what I think, what, what I think happened with Tennessee from kind of in hindsight, going back and looking at the game, I want to talk about Arizona on two aspects. Uh, just first of all, Jones, absolute menace, five sacks on the game. I don't even know what the what the kind of quantitative amount of pressure he had on Tannehill was, but he was single handedly wrecking the game for uh for for Tennessee's offense Hmm. but then if you look at the flip the coin and look at Arizona's offense it was so balanced it it was like this is the Arizona Cardinals to me Mm -hmm. look like the Phoenix Suns of the NBA Hmm. that is a good analogy because Uh, look at this offense Kyler Murray 21 for 32 289 five total touchdowns had a pick uh got a (laughs) <laughs> Got to balance it out somewhere. I mean, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, though, six receptions, 83 yards, two touchdowns. Christian Kirk, five receptions for 70 and two touchdowns. But then the Arizona rushers combined for 28 attempts, 116 yards. Like, they just, across the board offensively, they can attack you in any which way they decide they want to go about it. And if they, if Cliff Kingsbury takes kind of the Belichick approach, where it's, we're going to focus on, we're going to attack this team this way this week. This is where mm-hmm. their their holes are. They got some injuries here. We can really exploit this guy here type of approach offensively. If they continue to do that from week to week, I, I, we might be wrong. And this might, this might be a completely dominated NFC West playoff this year because we might get all four NFC West teams in the playoffs. That is true. Um, man, and as you were saying, the Phoenix Suns, top <laughs> to bottom, you could have kept going. Chase Edmonds and James Conner. Yeah. A balance. I didn't name balance rushing attack. (laughs) Balance rushing attack. But I would go even further. Chase Edmonds led was fourth in receiving on the team. I mean, and shout out to Rondell Moore. He was you stopped right at the end of that. Uh, (laughs) I I mean, but my point is I'll do the secondary. Yeah. But as you were saying, just to round it out, Edmonds, Connors. Rondell Moore. I think Rondell Moore brings such a more dynamic aspect to this offense. And, and granted, AJ Green's on the offense, and he's kind of listed as the three right now. But I think if you plug Rondell Moore there instead, oh my God, 
it busts everything wide open because you can't you you honestly can't you can't not double team DeAndre Hopkins. Right. But if you only put one person on Christian Kirk, he can burn you, as we saw. And then you have the fastest guy on the team in Rondell Moore. Right. And then <laughs> like, the league is about to get ready and learn about this guy. <laughs> and then and then if you fall asleep again, Larry Fitzgerald is gone, but this it come insert AJ Green, you know, you the wily veteran. Thank you. <laughs> Which you can obviously you can't leave this man. You can't sit there and cheat. You can't sit there. I'll, I'll, I will just you know play off of him. This man will kill you. Yeah, and then I feel like if you try to come out in a dime package against this team, you're gonna get burned again because then you got James Conner and Chase Edmonds up the middle, just just absolutely pounding away at you. And, and yep, and, and oh, like gosh. we we were saying, Cleveland's the most complete roster. In all honesty, Arizona, I mean, we might have been, like I said, they were a year too late. I might have been wrong. They might be primed and ready to go just right now. I mean, if you want to put them on the same coin, you know, <laughs> kids, you know, Arizona tails, Cleveland, I mean, they're 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 the two of the most balanced teams in, in the league, you know, respectfully in each other's conference. I don't want to put one necessarily above the other one. You know, we, we'll do I that mean, in granted, our power rankings. <laughs> and a lot of that has to do with divisions yeah. and, and conferences and all that. But in a straight head to head, that's a tough I, game. That Arizona is... could stand up hey, with I'll almost take anybody. That Super Bowl. Man, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I mean, if I, I mean, if man, the Chiefs have to go down, I, I guess, you know. But yes, I, I definitely. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm all in on Arizona now. Arizona, like, I, Arizona I, there. I, I know it's a one. It can be. Oh, it's a little. It's in the vacuum. It's one game. That was Tennessee, and I you you've seen how much I was talking about Tennessee. Yeah, you saw I, how much I was talking about Tennessee. I mean, I mean, yeah, but you was down on Tannehill, and I was still. I think I talked him up. That's what I mean. I, and yeah. I yes, you did, but I mean, I really talked him up. Yeah. Like you're not gonna convince me <laughs> sideways. And yeah, now look at the power rankings. Let Let's talk about there. Tennessee really Go quick on. before we move on. Right. Uh. Ryan Tannehill, it, to me, I don't know what it was. It just seemed to me like Mike Vrabel, after me talking him up all last week, saying how much of he he had this grit and grind in him and, and whatnot, and he did, they come out and play play like this. But it seemed like Mike Vrabel or whoever is running the offense over here is really wanted to highlight Tannehill in this game, mm. whereas I felt like. Here's what Tennessee needs to do. If you want to fix all of your offensive woes, mm -hmm. you need to get Derrick Henry going mm -hmm. out of the gate. Like it needs to be within the first three drives, he needs to hit 50 yards. Exactly. And 50 yards rushing, by the way, not, not receiving. Um, you just have to get him going because once, because after that, once he's going, then you can start to split out wide, spread the defense a little bit more. Get him guessing, make him move laterally and whatnot, and then you can start moving Tannehill into the okay Tannehill. Now you can go do whatever you want because like, we saw the little spurts of exactly what you were saying about Tannehill mm -hmm. of just being this that, that just that dude like where he mm -hmm. can he can really become a top ten quarterback. We saw the little flashes of that, but when you're really focusing on trying to make him that before you get Derrick Henry going. They'll just go, fine, we'll key in on him. And Derrick Henry, he's gonna have to take some time. So we'll 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 adjust when he adjusts. Again, one of these press clipping games, like, you know, y'all kept listening to what everybody was talking about. You know, Julio Jones, AJ Brown, oh my God, they're gonna air it out. And what do they always say? 
And then there's Derrick Henry. Are you freaking serious? <laughs> this dude ran for nearly, did he run for 2,000 down yeah, there? 2000. Nothing to sneeze at, but yet, because Julio Jones comes over here with his upside. Yeah. Because, I mean, granted, yes, he, you know, his Atlanta stats are whatever. But I, I nothing, I'm not, I'm not down Atlanta. on him. But <laughs> the point is, they were like, seem like they were so focused on let's get this air, this air, this air attack out. And it's like, you will, it'll come. You have your, you know, you have your stability and you have your, your rock in Derrick, Derrick Henry. They, they shut that down. You need to then be, you air it out. They need to try to take the model. They need to be the ones to try to take the model of Cleveland instead of Arizona doing that. Mm-hmm. Because you, Cleveland's whole aspect, I mean, the Cleveland didn't have a single passing touchdown. I would know I have him in my other league, uh, Baker Mayfield, <laughs> and he didn't score a freaking touchdown and it killed me. Uh, but they had four total touchdowns all rushing. Mm. And you're looking over at, at, at Tennessee and you're like, okay, where, when are we going to get Derrick Henry going? Are we trying to make him a second half guy? No, you need to do that right off the bat because when you, when you don't and you really key on on Tannehill leading the offense, you end up with the stat line of 21 of 35, 212 yards, a single touchdown with three turnovers with three, with one interception and two fumbles. And sacked six times. Yeah. So it, going back over to the Arizona, oh my God, moving on. Go ahead. I just, <laughs> I just, I have to highlight that. They, 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 like you said, the sons of the NFL. <laughs> and I agree a thousand percent. It, it's just to me, you really need to focus on Derrick Henry being the bell cow, uh, get him going early and then let Tannehill work off of that, and I think you'll find more success. Um, and, and, and that's what's going to get them wins in this AFC South, which right. if surprisingly you, is led by Houston right now. And I'm going to say, oh, my gosh. You know what? <laughs> I'll leave it on that take alone. I won't All even right. go any further. All right, let's talk Seattle, Indianapolis. Uh, I've had a couple people come at me for my Indianapolis take, but to me, they didn't play bad. But let's talk about Seattle and give them their props before we go anywhere. Uh they just came out super efficient on offense to me. Like week one, we are going to do everything that we can to to be to have a balanced game. Chris Carson, sixteen attempts for ninety one yards. Got to be focusing on some ball security. You can't be fumbling, but that 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 is a good start to the season for him. Uh, we'll say we we me and you both have discussed it Rashad Penny he's down you he think he's got a calf strain they're they're not expecting him to play uh next week so as we said in the offseason already then why did they even bring him back i don't know we, and that, you know we're both down on him free Rashad Penny and free Seattle <laughs> free you know just the Chris Carson, please stay healthy. I want to see a full. Not a hot a take. He's a bust. Yeah, that's but just what it comes down. Ryan he All to, he needs to is a bust. Rashard Penny, he's a bust. I just want to. I just want to. I just want to make a picture. I want to paint the picture so right. people understand where I'm going with this. You look him up. Look up Ryan All, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. He's a bust. Go ahead. MVP candidate Russell Wilson, 18 for 23, 254 yards and four touchdowns. Made Tyler Lockett still look like a god out there with four receptions, 100 yards, two touchdowns. DK Metcalf, four for 60 and a touchdown. Uh, I will say Tyler Lockett, that kind of circus, uh, uh, Terry McLaurin-esque catch in the end zone was was fantastic. Uh, looked very, very pretty out there. Um, but then on the defensive side, um, I will say Seattle's front seven got good pressure consistently throughout the game. Um, mm-hmm. 
they do need some more uh, help with their defensive back situation, I still believe, but that's neither here nor there. They got the win, 28-16. They, they just came out firing on all cylinders. If they can supply that kind of pressure up, up front, as, like they did in, in, game, in this first game against a, a, a stout team like Indianapolis, yeah. um, can kind of can get away with that kind of paper plate thin backfield, you know, defensive backfield that they got. Because, you know, we already know there, there that's holes back there. Yeah. But that front seven really just kept the pressure, you know. All and, game long. In, exactly. And, and and the thing to me, the reason why I wanted to highlight that is because we, as an NFL community, have been talking up Indianapolis's offensive line all off season, And for their off se- offensive line to get attacked the way that they did, I'll, that, like to me that that's the biggest takeaway for for Indy is that offensive line needs to they need to figure it out and play much better. It felt like there was no communication. There any any blitz that was sent, there was no nobody picked him up. It, it always seemed like there was a free rusher. Hmm. Yeah. Um. And I mean, Indianapolis got some. You know, they got some growing pains to do. And I I expected this, which is why you know we had them up there in the talks, but. They're not at the top of the list, and yeah. you know they're they're that young up and coming. We're up next team, but you know, is it going to be this year? Will they be able to push it this year? Huh? That remains to be seen. But Seattle is not an easy out. I'm sorry, you know, Girl. even them coming in uh, coming into their house. I think we both had Seattle in an upset. It was almost pretty obvious. It just yeah, it, it did just, seem like there was no way Indianapolis was going to be able to respond, uh, especially with Seattle. They're, they they have they had to come get this win because if there is any semblance of a crack in the armor, there it's just going to be talks about oh well this is, Russ is gone he's it, leaving it couldn't <laughs> be out the gate and yeah. I say it was so much like we really got to make a statement they here. they had to win this game they, yes. they it was honestly out of desperation for them um, which but, worries me next week but yeah <laughs> uh, Indianapolis uh, I. Th- from their side, like I said, they really need to f- figure out the offensive line. I don't feel Carson Wentz played a horrible game. He was 25 for 38, 251 yards. He had a touchdown, no interceptions, but did have the fumble. Uh, that that fumble, that, that's got to be a quarterback center exchange. You guys got to got mm-hmm. got to be better at that. Um, but that's going to come with the reps. Keep in mind, it's due to six weeks removed from from foot surgery and hasn't had any training camp. Basically he's had like two training camp practices to actually create chemistry with his offensive line and his weapons on the outside. Um, I will say, I don't know how, but Zach Pascal has become a absolute like threat in the red zone. Mm. This dude just snagged two touchdowns in the red zone with where they weren't like a hundred percent wide open. The second one was he, there was no way a DB was catching back up with them, but this, the first one, they, they were all over him. Like, and he just went up and he grabbed it. He, As they he made should. a contestant to catch. I mean, I mean, they got, I mean, the tight ends are like non-existent at this point. Yeah. And, um, so someone had to step it up. And of course they're heavily keyed in on Michael Pittman jr. Uh, they try to shut him down only three for 29. Completely, you know, which I was really expecting Paris Campbell to step up, and it just didn't happen. I mean, he had a couple of nice plays here or there, but it just wasn't consistent enough. But right. I will say, your dude, guy you got, uh, what, number 10 overall, Jonathan Taylor, super balanced. 17 carries for 56 yards and then six receptions for 60. Like, yes. just across, 
I mean, they didn't play my dude Marlon Mack at all, which I was a little bit uh, frustrated about. But, man, you don't need to when you got Jonathan Taylor playing that way. No, and I mean, you probably want to keep him fresh anyway when you find yourself, you know, not going to be able to pull this game out. Why even yeah. run him out there? Because, you know, uh, I mean, damn, look look at their receiving court. It was led by the running backs. You yeah. know, so Jonathan Taylor had the most yards out of anybody. Let's go, you know, check down Carson, you know, <laughs> and that was fine. And, you know, well, you know, I mean, when you have an offensive line playing the way that they did, he really did have to check it down. He didn't, he never really had any time. No, but still put us, I mean, it's and, that, that, and it's a credit to credit to, I mean, I was shocked because you already know I'm, like, <laughs> come on, Carson, you're going to have to show me something. He showed it. You know, he showed it like, okay, um, Indianapolis, I say legitimately now is for real because that was my wild card. It was like, I know Carson. I get it. It's a better team. <laughs> However, I got to see him go out there and do it. I do want to also see Indianapolis's defense step up a little bit more. I mean, you guys, they, they have almost, they, they have one of the most complete defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see that defense come out and actually, uh, excuse me, uh, create some more pressure, especially at home. Like you're come on at home. You got to create pressure. Right. So, Though that's really all I had for that for the for the noon games, uh, unless there's anything else you wanted to bring up, we want to oh, move shit. on. I was gonna say shout out to D Estrick, you know, when the Estrick. new number three, oh, yeah. who uh, non-existent. Yeah, I, I'm confused. Is his name not Dwayne Estridge? It's they because yeah, they shorten it now. Okay, he's now by, he goes he's by just, D. He's just going by D. He's going okay because I was so confused. Yeah, like, I swear guy. his name was Dwayne. <laughs> For whatever reason, he don't want to use it now. But yeah, he's D now. You know, so I, I thought I was going crazy. I, no, he's okay. the same guy. Gotcha. But let me say this: when you, when you're one for six, you might want to change your name again. I'm, I'm change your last name too. Cause just because my my point is, after after locking in uh, Metcalf, all all um Russell had was his tight ends, and he used, utilized both. By the them. way, Russ. Let's 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 get Metcalf going a little bit earlier. You don't have to give me a heart attack uh, in fantasy. Let's just get him going a little bit earlier in the game. That, that is, the, you know, but I, man, I, you know, let's keep going because I, I, I can really dissect this for a long period of time. Because I'm like, you know, that's a catch twenty two even with Lockett. Right, well, let's go, go to let's go to a team I know you're going to spend a little bit of time on. Cleveland, oh, yeah. Kansas City. That game was amazing. That might have been the game of the week. I who gonna spend time on this one? Because <laughs> you need to be uh, set, Chiefs. Moving on. <laughs> no, go ahead. Let's talk Cleveland. I want to give Cleveland their flowers for a bit before we, because I, I feel like we, they get ragged on so much for just being Cleveland and losing in the most incredible fashion, but they truly came out in, they, they gave you, don't, don't lie. They gave you a scare. What did I say? <laughs> go, you, look, we had countless episodes. I have given this team his flowers. I all I, no, the... I'm not saying you haven't. I'm saying oh. the, the NFL oh. community as a whole. My goodness. <laughs> Man, any self-respecting Chiefs fan had to at least have one little bead of sweat coming down this side of their head at some point. Did you see that man? That dude. There go that man. Mr. Nick Chubb. Oh, I will say I my I, I called it out that when that when that play happened the 18 yard uh, touchdown run where he was untouched I was like he's going to the left and I said that and then he goes to the left and he is untouched and you were just like are you serious that looked like completely varsity versus JV I'm untouched no one even was even, not within five yards I'm so saying it wasn't even in close he wasn't even in being threatened to be touched I mean the man just had a, I mean 
Who can make a hole that big for anybody? I mean, the greatest blocking line ever for the. I mean, I've never seen such ease. Yeah. I, I mean, I, that couldn't have been the Chiefs. I'm like, what? You see me? I'm, I couldn't I, say I anything. Say, I will say this because because it, it was this really was a tale of two halves because Cleveland came out so efficient, so effective in the first half. I just want to run through a couple of stats here. Yeah, go ahead. Baker Mayfield, 21 of 28. I mean, just that alone was was fantastic. But 321, didn't have a touchdown. His interception came on the last play of the game. He just couldn't get that ball out of bounds. And that's what kills him. Um, and right that, that's what iced the game. Uh, but David Njoku, uh, leading tight end, leading pass catcher. Welcome. Uh, three receptions, ah, 76 yards. Yeah, finally. Three years. Uh, <laughs> Jarvis Landry, five receptions for 71 yards. And then the rookie, Anthony Shorts, three for 69 could have kept that other drive going if he would have caught that 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 deep pass, and that, I think that would have actually put him over a hundred yards for the day. Um, so, but that's neither here nor there. But then the Cleveland Rushers, twenty three attempts, one hundred and twenty nine total ta- total uh, yards, and four four freaking touchdowns, and Kareem Hunt had a two point conversion. So just across the board, the, they just so efficient, so effective. But then you got to look at the other half of it and look in the second half. Nick Chubb with the fumble lost. Gillen with the fumble on the fourth down, uh, and and that's really what killed killed them. Uh, mm-hmm. Where where uh, Travis Kelsey was able to go right up. I think what three plays touchdown. Yep. Um, and then Baker Mayfield with the interception. Like I said, couldn't get that ball uh, uh, over to the sideline, uh, thrown out of that sack. Um, so simple as that. I mean, it, it really came down to the second half uh, turnovers and ball security issues. That that kind of did Cleveland in. They couldn't they couldn't re snatch momentum because they they never they, they never were able to hold onto the ball long enough. Um, and of course, the Kansas City offense, the Kansas City championship two time AFC championship offense shows up again. They did, but I will say mm, but- I, the first thing that I would point out about Kansas City is Kansas City's defense tightening up in the second half. That was was key. Getting pressure on on, on that uh, is true on 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 Baker Mayfield, making him uncomfortable, making him move. That they that that I think is what changed the tide. Because when you came out and you got that sack on that on that long third down, you're like, okay, damn, like that that's that's where Cleveland is going to going to have to figure it out. Because again, they they still are a young team and a young mm-hmm. offense, so they are going to have to figure that out a little bit more on on how to pick up those blitzes, how to make sure that they can check and and, and shift in audible. Uh, very quickly at the line before and, and and identify that before it becomes an issue. So if they can do that, I mean Cleveland's going to be just fine. But the fact that they were even in this game and leading for most of it, but to to continue to fight and and make like I said, Kansas City really like you said that beat a sweat, making you guys a little bit nervous over there because they they were coming for it and they really wanted it. And, and I, any team that plays Cleveland this year, you are not. This is not going to be a cakewalk. This is a different team. No, and I mean, outs- and taking the outlier is Kansas City. Apart from this, Cleveland wins this game. Oh, man. I don't yeah. care who. If it's any other Tampa team. Tampa Bay. I was going to say any <laughs> other team because no other team can do quite what Kansas City did in this game. One, like you said, tighten up the screws, held them to just seven points in the second half, and then just but finally turn. go off. Oh, my God. <laughs> Because I feel like that's the thing with Kansas City's offense, his big big playability. At some point, he's going to get loose, and he did. And and I mean, what he was he, eleven for one ninety seven and a touchdown. 
Like, it, yes. it, it, you're lucky it was only one touchdown. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and already got a 175-yard reception. Play. I mean, come on, man. Who yeah. get, who's giving up 75 yards if your name ain't Vance Jefferson? But who's giving up 75 <laughs> yards per play? I know. I know. That was a shameless plug. <laughs> just, I'm, just, I'm just letting everybody know it's coming. <laughs> so, but yes, I mean... And Cleveland's defense, you're not gonna tell me anything. They're solid, but you, you can't. This man, you can't stop. I'm sorry, Andy Reid is a freaking wizard, genius <laughs> at the offense on the offensive end. He continues to find ways. I don't know how he does it. Tyreek Hill, all of a sudden, he's just oh. I'll tell you how he does it. You fix that offensive line to give Pat Mahomes the time to wait for Tyreek Hill to just make one more move. Like, that's the thing. He had so much time back there. With you having Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett coming off the edges and, uh, oh, what's his name, 51 up the middle, um, those guys, they were just wreaking havoc. No, uh, on, 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 on Clowney? No, no. Clowney is, uh, I think he's 90. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh... He's one of the D tackles. He, he, was, he was trying to come up the middle and, and cause even more pressure than what they were on the, on the contain. So it, it just it, it doesn't really matter. Just de- their defense as a whole was able to create pressure. But then the, the Kansas City offensive line, they started tightening in those screws. They, they, they got a little bit tighter there, and they, and they got more effective and efficient, and they continued to make sure that they were holding them back and, and, not, and, and giving him just that extra – half second, one second to one and a half seconds to allow Tyreek Hill to make those plays, to make those shifty little moves uh, down further on the field and then uh, to catch those big plays. And and, and and that's that's what wins you games. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. There's only about three to five plays a game that really shift the tide in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and I it, that I mean, the big 75-yard play, uh, what, what was that, right out of half? Mm-hmm. Um, that that was one of them. Uh, the the interception to ice the game clearly. Um, I mean Nick Chubb's eighteen yard run. <laughs> those, I mean those are all just those are all just things that shift momentum. Nick Chubb's fumble shifts momentum right back into Kansas City's favor. Like the, across can, the board, the 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 can't, dropped... can't get more ab- cannot get him more ab- chances and opportunity. You just can't. Yeah. You, you you can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> you just can't. It's just you seen what happened, and yeah. like you said, it was a tale of two halves. But what got me most excited about that, if you want to close it out on this, is the fact that Kansas City is back to their winning ways. They come out the gate slow, yeah. and then, I mean, somewhere it's between the second play. and third quarter, <laughs> when they hit, I'm just saying, you, you better have a lead that's large enough. I, Cleveland, it just wasn't large enough. Yeah. Just, I'm sorry. You can't be up like 10, 12 points. Nah, it needs to be like, look, they came back off of 20, you know, in the <laughs> Super Bowl. Like, yeah, I mean, they came off one of point. what twenty four against Houston. Yes, all of this, <laughs> this is all in the freaking same year. They just this is just what they do. Yeah. You know, it's like, look, okay, you got do what you can in the first half because come second half, that's all us. You know, and this this proves it again. It just it it showed me <laughs> they're Super Bowl ready because yeah, when it comes down to it, I this is this is what I expect to see in the AFC Championship. I'm throwing it out there now. Gotcha. Yeah, y'all can go with the Buffaloes. <laughs> miss me with all yeah, that. From what we saw in week one, I would much rather see a rematch of Kansas City-Cleveland. And this was all happening simultaneously. So, yeah. Um, yeah. No, uh, this happened just before that game. This, this one? Uh, Buffalo was in the, the noon window. 
Doesn't even matter. I, I didn't have <laughs> Buffalo over Cleveland anyway. I got them over in the power rankings, but we never, no one ever asked me where I see this at the end of the year. Yeah. This is, I'm saying it now. I feel that this is going to be the AFC championship. I hope it is. That'll be a, it's going to, it's going to be injuries. another one of these. Right. Um, I will say, just before we move on, I just <laughs> want to shout out your sneaky draft pick over there. CEH, 17 touches for 40 or for a total of 72 yards. Um, so, he he had quite the game uh, himself to continue to help. I mean, and I think that really was another difference maker for them, just having another uh, dynamic part of the offense to go to to rely on uh, and take some pressure off of Pat Mahomes and and, and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And they have they have developed this nice little two way player now, yep. and uh, just kind of seen it coming. It was just he needed we needed Damian Williams last year, but now we can move on. So yeah. it's. Yeah, uh, they're the real deal. Real kingdom. Let's go. Let's quickly talk about the upset of the week. <laughs> uh, Green Bay trots over to Jacksonville to take on New Orleans and absolutely gets their asses handed to them. I'm loving it. 38 to 3. Uh, I'm speechless. I there's, I don't know where to start with this. This is just, I'm going to let you just take it to, to, to start. Because <laughs> this game was insane. Where we at? I'm so sorry. Green Bay. The Green Bay. Green Bay, New Orleans. I, you know, I don't know what this. I'm, I'm as about as lost as you. But let me just, say, I, I, like I was saying, Aaron. Look, you. I'm sorry. I don't care how great you are. You cannot take the off season off. You cannot be doing absolutely nothing. And you can't just sit there and just, you know, be disgruntled with the team. Take no steps, snaps. Take no reps with the, with the team in the off season. Throw, don't throw the ball whatsoever. Go on a sabbatical. Go on all these um, you know, go on Jeopardy, doing every other thing, yeah. contemplating re- retirement. You know, dealing with you know mental health. Nothing wrong with that. Just do what you have to do to get you where you need to go. But you are not gonna tell me you're gonna sit here and just all of that walk back into onto the field and be an MVP can back in MVP <laughs> form. Like, no, it don't. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm tugging on Superman's cape here, but, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. And look what just happened. Yeah. Jameis Winston. I, 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 I know we're going to get it. to that, but I'm just, <laughs> but for what he did on the opposite side of the ball in leading that team, that's all I wanted to say yeah. about that. I mean, you can go into the depths of that. But um, you can go into the depths of that. But with that being said, they just look horribly flat. They just look like a team like they just thought they was just going to show up. And because they were Green Bay and because, every, you know, we were right there. And now we were going to we brought everything. We brought the pieces back. Now we should be OK. And it not, was not the case. And I'm like, New Orleans, apart from Drew Brees, we wasn't sure what to see, what we was going to see there. But obviously, man, they're not going to they miss too many beats there. I mean, they 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 make a couple notches down, but they're not a team that's on, you know, just completely to be counted out here. And they, they, to me, seem to have some sort of a next man up mentality because for what they had to let go this last offseason due to the the salary cap changes, mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand how they were able to stifle this this Green Bay offense the way that they were defensively anyway, especially with uh, uh, what's his name? Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, he's now going to have to have surgery on his hand uh, for a chip bone. Um, but I, I just don't understand what 
how they were able to get some of these next guys up to turn into just that next next wave it is you had to let so much go i don't understand how that how that got flipped um but they did it and green bay was able to it was completely shut down by that defense and you're looking at uh aaron Rodgers, uh 15 for 28 uh just not efficient at all in that aspect uh only 133 yards and, and no touchdowns and then the, the two turnovers um Green Bay's rushers uh, really took a hit there uh, with uh, four, only 14 attempts in, in 41 yards. Um, and then you had to bring in Jordan Love, who he was a little bit more uh, efficient uh, with a 5-for-7 uh, outing with 68 yards, but then he ends up fumbling the ball and losing it. So um, across the board, there there's hits taken in every aspect there. And then you look at the flip side, look at the New Orleans uh, offense and how they were able to play. The, they just fed off of what that defense was doing um, because they were just taking advantage of those short field opportunities in the second in the second half. Where and that's how I found found out Jameis Winston for to have five touchdowns and you can have only 148 yards. It's because you're only 20 yards away from the freaking end zone uh, every single time you get the ball back. Um, so you're looking at that situation. That the New Orleans offense really was just taking advantage of every opportunity that they that they had, uh, whenever that defense decided to uh, cause so many turnovers. Yeah, uh, I mean, just a piss poor. I can't go. I mean, a piss poor outing for Green Bay, all offensively, defensively. Again, I I seen what I seen was an overconfident team. That came in and underestimated their opponent completely on a neutral field. Yeah, um, to, could not capitalize on the fact that if anybody should have been distracted, it should have been New Orleans, and 100%. anybody displaced should have been New Orleans. Because I mean, Green Bay, you were on the road no matter what. Yeah, if anything, you probably, I mean, I ain't gonna say better conditions, but damn, I mean, from a dome, it has to be better. You're not because in the you're Superdome. In a neutral, yeah, you're in a yeah. neutral field. So the the crowd noise that would have been there at the Superdome would have been insane and off the charts. As compared to playing in the open air stadium of, of TIA, where you don't even have, um, you don't even have your uh, a full stadium for one, and and not most of them aren't aren't New Orleans fans in the first place. No, not at all. It's so it's yeah. Um, have to say shout out to New Orleans, um, man, and and, and Saints Nation. I'm just I'm, I'm overly impressed. Thank you. <laughs> the bottom of my heart is a Bears fan. Um, whether the Bears won or lose, I mean, watching Green Bay lose, it means everybody wins. Uh, not even watching Green Bay lose. Get Green Bay, I, I've I've never seen Green Bay get trounced like that in the my twenty years of being able to go back and watch football. Like, but as they said, it was it was Aaron Rodgers' worst game ever. Yeah, you know and. Of course, we I one of our you know one of our one of our friends here in, in fantasy land. One of the she's so trying to keep quoting me a stat about oh man yeah you know it's like thinking you know you know no it was like kind of his worst game seven seven in seven in seven years. I'm like no I think it was his worst game forever. No 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 on TV they kept <laughs> saying it was in seven years. No if you read this damn stat it was actually his worst start in game <laughs> one in seven years. I'm like dude you know. You know, my point was this is how most people, uh, the masses, look at look at look at sports. They taste, they 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 hear what they want to hear. They keep they they take out the other details. They you know the the marker is seven, and so this was the worst game you ever had in seven years. Yeah, I'm like, 
And and then that uh, needless to say, and this dude has him on his fantasy team. <laughs> you don't know anything about the player you have? Yeah, I just outed you, decal. <laughs> uh well, let's keep it moving. Let's talk about Sunday night uh with uh Chicago taking on the Rams. Uh Chicago takes an L fourteen to thirty four. Uh heartbreaking for me over here. Uh but across the board, uh I think LA played a fantastic game. Uh let's start with Matthew Stafford. Uh, I mean he to me has always been an elite quarterback. Um and, and it's just proven uh with, with what happened here. Uh twenty for twenty six, three hundred twenty one yards and three touchdowns. Um, I will say uh, one of those, uh, and not to say that he wouldn't have gotten a third touchdown, uh, but the one to Jefferson uh, definitely would not have uh, been too much of anything uh, if the Chicago DBs would have kind of just tightened up and 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 finish out that 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 part of the game uh, or that that part of the play. Um, but the, the offensive scheme was super effective and efficient. Uh, I mean, you're looking at Cooper cup, seven receptions, 108 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Vance Jefferson had two receptions, 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you're looking at Tyler Higby, five receptions and 68 yards. Um, and Robert Woods, three twenty-seven uh, in, 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 in another touchdown. Uh, so, uh, you're just across the board, super efficient, super effective. Daryl Henderson, 16 attempts on seven with 70 yards and another touchdown. So again, just reiterating how efficient and effective the Rams offense was, uh, for that game defensively. I think that they definitely could, could improve because there was definitely times where Chicago could was, was moving and just kind of hurt themselves. Yep. Uh, but it was really about the Rams, uh, offense just, has a new look now and and Matt, Matt Stafford is is at the helm of that um and he's he's clearly uh an elite quarterback in the NFL and I think he proved it that night. Oh, absolutely. Um and it was just, you know, he took a uh, granted everything pointed to the Rams was going to win, should win, did win. But, you know, with that being said, credit to you know Chicago, they were not an easy out, not as much as what the score is indicating, you know barring a few mishaps here and there throughout the game. Yeah. This is a completely, totally different game. We understand that. And this is all about the growing pains of Chicago because they're, they're that team that's looking to make that push, you know, in this week one, they get yeah. they get damn near a playoff game off in week one, you know. So it's just, it is what it is. And they're on the road. I'm like, man, could you make this any harder for them? For any yeah. team, for that matter. It's just a, it was a tall order for them. Um, I will a say- lot of positive take out of that. Yeah. For, on both sides of the ball, definitely for the Rams, it was obviously from what we've seen, but from Chicago, like, you know, people on the outside looking in would probably look like, oh, this team sucked. Look what happened to them. You know, they, they're not ready. You know, what was all this hype about? No, this team is the real deal, you know, and I thought they stood in there and put up an excellent showing, like, because I was expecting a blowout. You know, this 20 points is not. It's not. it's not what you think it is. That score is very misleading to what we've seen in the game. This was just a Look, series just, of a few plays. Let me talk about that oh, for go a second. Ahead, go ahead. I mean, I, I, I <laughs> wanted to give LA like their props. <laughs> no, I, would, <laughs> I want I want to give LA their props to start because they did they 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 handedly won this game. I, I'm not going to say that Chicago had a had a shot at winning this thing by any means. No, uh, LA, you won this. Congrats. But to me. Clearly, there are some things that 
busted this game open for them. Um, now I will say the the interception, Andy Dalton, you gotta be better. It, he, he kind of explained it, saying that he was going to Darnell Mooney on that play, and it was tipped at the line. Fine, but when I'm looking back at that play, Darnell Mooney's not open. Sorry, that ju- he's just not. He, he's not he, that that the windows just aren't there. So I just don't know why you're going there to him in the first place uh, on the opening drive and. Not to say that you can't get him open, but you have to scheme him open. He is not a guy who can just he's you're not going to get what you got last year out of Darnell Mooney, uh, when it's just big play down the sideline, just he's he's running past you. I mean, he he did that to Jalen Ramsey last year. You're not gonna have that happen again because people know who he is now. Now you have to actually scheme for him, and and that's what I had an issue with with Chicago's offense specifically. But they were they were able to move the ball. They just a lot of the times got the ball stalled in, in plus territory uh, way too often. Uh, if you look at the stats, I mean, Andy Dalton was 27 for 38. He had 206 yards and an interception and a fumble. Um, and so obviously ball security is going to be something that needs to get harped on uh, again and again. Uh, but he is clearly better than the last two quarterbacks that we've had. I, I don't think there's any disputing that that that, that statement because what has Chicago needed more times than anything from a quarterback? If nothing else, game management. We just need someone who can freaking manage the ball, yeah. manage the drives, manage the clock. And I mean, honestly, this He's is all this is incredible. That. This is an efficient game, and it's not it's not it's not bad at all. So I, I'm gonna take that from Andy Dalton. I want to see you the interception. You need to address that and ball security. You, you got to be able to hold on to the football. Now, who hands did that 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 interception hit off initially? It was some I don't even remember. It was a defensive line, and that's what now. I mean. It went from somebody's hands to the man's helmet, and it bounced and ricocheted the other way. I'm like, well, again, speaking to those type of. It's a fluke, you know. Is it? Is just an interception? It's but... a fluke play, but to me, when I when I go back and I watch that, it's not like the it's not like the CD Lamb one because, yeah, Dak Prescott made the right read and he went to him, and yeah, CD Lamb just missed it. Mm-hmm. That's different. Uh, same thing with Tom Brady tries to go over the top, hits him in his in his hands to Leonard Fournette. That one it bounced off. That's on Leonard Fournette. This one still is on. Andy Dalton to me because he shouldn't because he he explained what he was looking at and he said he was looking to try to get the ball to Darnell Mooney so I went back looked at the play Darnell Mooney's not open why are you looking at Darnell Mooney yeah. <laughs> so I, they- I understand that but I guess what I'm seeing from that it then is just an incomplete pass as opposed to yeah it hit off the guy's helmet but the guy didn't even know he, he didn't even know what happened he just yeah. kind of just turned his head looking around yeah. and the ball just you know it's, it was like a Keystone cop play and it was just like okay yeah. you know and I know. It's so just I, yeah, to me, if, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna try to explain it, it, and I go back and look at it, and I'm still able to be like, dude, what the hell? Like th- that's that's my issue. So and that, it is a momentum swinger, like especially because they, they were moving the ball. You had a 41 yard play out of David Montgomery to start off this mm-hmm. game. You had uh, uh, Khalil Herbert come out and return the ball 40 yards mm-hmm. uh, off the opening kickoff. Like there was all the momentum was in Chicago's favor. LA Rams were on their heels as a defense. They couldn't get any pressure on a, on an offensive line that that is absolutely putrid. You're not able to get anybody to create any pressure on Andy Dalton. Plus, the 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 DBs are on their heels the whole time. It's they they were it, it that, like you said that's a momentum killer. Like you you can't you're right there. You're in the red zone. You have to be able to finish. You have to be able to score in the red zone, and they just weren't able to do that. Um, so that's that. Um, but then 
like I was saying to David Montgomery's, uh, he's 16 for 108 in a touchdown. So he's able to move that. Um, and, and they spread the ball out pretty well. I mean, you got Allen Robinson with six receptions, only 35 yards. Got to be better there. Um, Goodwin, four receptions for 45. Again, mm-hmm. be need to be able to create more big plays is kind of where I'm getting at with these numbers. Uh, Cole Komet, though, five for 42. Kind of like that as a security blanket type of guy. Darnell Mooney, five for 26. Again, have to create more big plays. Um, and I think this comes with time. You yeah. know, because... Andy, like to Andy Dalton's credit, I want to say this comes to a brand new offense. Did not look like a, I mean, literally, which he is a seasoned pro. Like he's been here yeah. all, all the whole time, and he had to learn the playbook just like the next, just like Justin Fields had to learn, or like Justin Fields is learning it, I should say. And he did not look like he was struggling with play calling whatsoever. It's no. just, man, you're giving them, goddamn, you're giving them the Rams on the road game one. I'm like. I'm sorry. I know we don't want to throw Justin Fields out there, but let's be really cool. For Andy Dalton, and he is a he is a bear. Damn, why we got to throw anybody out in this scenario? I mean, just you know, it's almost like by default we should have sent Nick Foles out there. Just because I heard you, somebody you, say that you deserve this week. to be out here. Uh, you know, I, I mean, if we're gonna lose, send him out there. You know, because like we can end your season right now. You know, get you out of here and be done with it. You know. Yeah. To what? wrap up the this, <coughs> this game, though, uh, I want to talk about Chicago's defense for a second because this is what's supposed to be holding down our team, and hmm. I have a real issue with our defensive back situation. I've been very critical of Chicago's defensive back situation, yes, but the know. other thing that I have an issue with, because I heard Sean Desai say it earlier hmm. this, this, this training camp, and it caught my attention, but I never said anything about it. Uh, but when he comes out and is talking about how we – are going to make it more of an emphasis to get the ball. We want our eyes on the ball at all times, and we want to have this whole turnover bucket thing. There's a Chicago sports media has this whole turnover bucket cam and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. When that has become the main focus, I said, okay, I'm fine with that if that's going to be a focus of it, but I definitely want us to be able to tackle. And our open field tackling hat was absolutely putrid in this game. It, it just was non-existent. And, no. and that's my issue. And, and Sean Desai, I, and, and Matt Nagy, I think specifically needs to say, Hey, at the end of the day, if we are going to go after turnovers, if we are going to try to play C ball, hit ball, the, fir- the, the whole crux of that mentality is first guy wraps him up, secure the tackle second guy comes in and it's a wave type of a defense where you have guys coming in in waves to get after the running back you got guys coming in in waves to get after a guy uh in the run after catch there is no uh there is no yards after catch when it comes to a type of defense that's trying to do c ball hit ball and all that distant reaching they're doing what the hell what is is up with all the arm tackling we need to wrap him up Secure tackle, Damn. secure the Jake. guy, man. The man first. The second guy comes in and is the go- is going to do the peanut punch. That is how that has has always worked in Chicago. So I, when Sean Desai comes out and talks about how much he wants to get us back to being a turnover machine, it has to start with just stopping them in the first place. They can't. You can't create. Uh, we can't allow them to create big plays and create mo- momentum. Uh, because then you you have to play on your heels, and you can't play C ball hit ball mentality. Defense one on one. First things first, make the tackle. 
Exactly. Grab and the and man that is first not what foremost. happened that night. No, it's just, oh, let me just grab on him. Let me reach at it. Let me, you know, what the hell? Dude, you just gave up now. That's how that's how we got Vance Jefferson and nonsense. And oh, you got him, I got him. No, you no one has him. Yep. He just gets up and goes and Well, it. that's my second point. Sorry. Defensive backs all around communication needs to be better, but execution also needs to be better. Um, when I'm watching videos that the Chicago Bears media is putting out and I'm seeing um, Eddie Jackson talk about how much he's ready, like how much of a difference everybody can tackle. Yeah, everybody could tackle, especially when Vance, when, what is it, Vance Jackson, Jefferson, Jefferson. Uh, he's laying on the ground. You're the only person there. Touch him down, maybe as a veteran, as as you should know, he is not. That's still a live play. Yeah, like th- that you can't give up a touchdown on a play like, like that. You've already one, given up seventy five yards. It's like neither one wanted to do it as to say that they would have well, been one responsible. First off, Tayshawn Gibson, what the hell are you letting anybody pass you for? You're the you're you're a safety. That is your job. Nobody know. should be past you in the first place. But Eddie Jackson, as the help defender on that play. Where are you at to touch him down? What what is that play? Why are you just standing in front of him and then watching him walk walk into the end zone? Basically, why does it take Jalen Johnson coming from the opposite side of the field to come tackle him? And and it's too late at that point. And that's what you know. And this these type of plays that in Chicago has gotten burned on mm-hmm. year after year. And it was like, when does this nonsense and these shenanigans end for them defensively? I just man, they continuously. Do this four to five times a season. Communication Every- and execution on that on, on that part of the field. Defensive backs, th- it just felt like they weren't talking to each other. They weren't communicating. Because, I mean, let's be real. I mean, Jefferson only had one other catch for 13 yards, and that's it. So this, it, it was this one He had play. one other catch for one yard. Are you sure? Did yeah, I'm that was a 75-yard play or something like that. He only ended with 80 no, yards. Two for 80. And he had um, his longest was that was a sixty-seven yard oh, catch. 60, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. sorry. I thought I said seventy-five. Whoa. Yeah. No, I, I said seventy-five. Thinking, I thought it was a seventy-five. Um, Hill yeah, seventy-five. Sorry, ain't Tyreek Hill. So many big plays this weekend. I, <laughs> right. And can't even keep up with them all. The but. last thing that I wanted to talk about with Chicago's defense is they need to create. Your front seven is one of the best front sevens in the league. Hmm. You have to create more pressure. Exactly. I. Um, it felt like. Matt Stafford had all the time in the world last uh, or Sunday night to to make any play that he wanted to and and he just about did. So that that that's that's it. Uh, that's all I had for that. Uh I just wanted to make sure that people understand that yes, I am a I am a diehard Bears fan, but I'm also their biggest critic and there is a lot of issues that I saw out there in defensively they really need to clean it up. They do. And so in conclusion, I just want to ask you this question and we can move on. What was your take on Justin Fields? I love him. It's just, no, I'm kidding. Uh, it's just no. He, he. I think is he's almost there. It, it's just a matter of I, I like the very first play. You 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 know nothing's open down the field. You mm-hmm. got your open man. Check it down. Get the nine yards. That's huge. Because that that's one of my biggest things is you don't convert third downs on third down. You convert third downs on first and second down. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day. <clears throat> You see him down out there on the flat, and you know you have nothing down the field. Get that ball dumped off. He's going to pick up the nine yards, and we picked up that first down on the very next play. Like that is that is where the offense needs to continue to grow and get better. Because on first down, when we're having negative plays, 
I guess that would be my other uh, knock on Nagy is, mm-hmm. or, or on the Chicago as a whole. Nagy, you got to be better on play calling on first down. We ha- we have to stop having negative plays on first down. That that's that has got to be one of the biggest keys to the offense is positive yardage on first down. Yeah. Um. But I like that in in his ability to his decision making on the field Justin Fields to answer your question I had I I was thoroughly impressed by um I do think he's still raw and I I do think he does need maybe a couple of more weeks of 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 just understanding if they continued to grow his package over the next two weeks that Mm -hmm. is what I want to see him throw the ball more Mm -hmm. I, I I would like to see him uh build off of these kind of lateral uh plays yeah um so if we can continue to open up his repertoire there that will give me a little bit more confidence in him being the starting quarterback uh but uh, it was a good start i mean two for two 10 yards uh got a got a rushing touchdown so i mean i have no i have no negatives i just think he needs to continue to get better and, and expand his repertoire over the next couple of weeks if they can get him to have like a Taysom Hill role where he is maybe is taking mm-hmm. 25% of the snaps at one point, then that very, and, and he has a decent game that very next week. I want to see him start. Got it. So that, that's kind of the way I'm looking at it and what I'm looking for uh, to, to, to see him become the starter. Um, Let's wrap up this show talking about the Sunday night game mm. uh, or sorry, Monday night game rather. Mm-hmm. Um, Hmm. It was a great way to end end off My the goodness. <laughs> end off the week. Uh, let's start with the winners, Las Vegas in an overtime barn burner, thirty three twenty seven uh, over the Baltimore Ravens. Um, hmm. They got off to a little bit of a slow start. Um, they definitely need to clean up the penalties. The first half that was kind of what what kept them from being in the game earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, they once they clean that up, I think they'll they'll have. Uh, a more efficient and more effective uh, first half. Um, But their pass game kind of took over in the second half. Definitely. I mean, don't want to say they didn't dink and dunk. I mean, man, I, Derek Carr just carved that defense up. And I'm like, is this the Baltimore defense we've been sitting here talking and bragging about? Cause I mean, my final note on this game was specifically, I think Marcus Peters absence is truly felt. Mm. Uh, on, on the Baltimore secondary, yeah, because clearly they were not they they're not the same without him. No, um, looked very you know they're, they're one of the better defenses in the league, but definitely not a sh- perennial shutdown defense. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, Vegas, oh my gosh, they <laughs> took. I mean, I, somebody told Vegas like, hey y'all, you know y'all at home, you know you're playing with house money the worst thing can happen is you lose the game. And they were like, that's it. And went out there and just somewhere around late in the second quarter, woke up and then just kept it going in the third and the fourth. And, and then I overtime. Mean, <laughs> which, I, you know, I, the reason why I'm not making mention, it shouldn't even went there. And, and Raiders should have still won. That's my yeah. point. That- well, but to me, I, 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 that final drive. So when, <laughs> Baltimore comes down, kicks the field goal to go up 27, 24. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I was like, okay, that's how this is going to end. Fine. And I'm watching that final drive. I was like, wait a minute. Derek Carr has been kind of in this little bit of a groove. They, they, they might, the, 
Baltimore's defense is going to have to tighten up. They got a little bit of time left, mm -hmm. and boom, two plays straight down the field, no problem. Edwards kept him in the game. They clock it, and and the other thing was Josh Jacobs at that moment where they're looking like, okay, let's get just a little bit closer, and he's like, no, 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 just clock it, clock it. Don't give me the ball because he, he was aware of the time. Mm -hmm. And and for, for you to have both the quarterback, the, the your head coach, and to have another guy on the field to be all be able to check each other and say, hey, no, 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 we I understand what you're trying to do, but we're going to have to just kick it because clearly we don't have enough time. Right. Um, that I think is a big testament to the Raiders, and and I will say props to them. Uh, and then to kick that field goal, I mean, Vikings fans must be hurting to see Dan Daniel Carlson come out here, and this is what the third time now we've seen Daniel Carlson since he's left Minnesota make game winning kicks. Mm -hmm. Like he's this is insane. Like Minnesota's just like God. Damn it! Like we can't, we can't they, catch a break. They, they can't. They just can't nail it on the kicker. I'm, I don't, you know. It, I mean, they're trying again with this new kid. So, like I said, we'll they see. just can't nail it with the kicker. I mean, they try and they have these flashes in the pants, but it just, yeah, it never really pans out at the end of the day. So I, I wouldn't hold my breath on that one. There's no watch on our on my end. I, I won't be looking for that. So obligatory dig into the Minnesota Vikings there. Um, no, uh, but I mean, just looking at the Raiders game here, they, they just look looking at their pass game itself. You got Derek Carr leading the charge here with 34, 56, 435 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. That's Willie Sneed's fault. I don't care how much mustard uh, Derek Carr put puts on the ball. You it hits you right in the damn hands. You notice they tried to make uh, every excuse like that was a, yeah. that was a bad. I would throw. listen to no, that cast. I was like, "Are you catch. telling me it was in his hands?" Like, I don't. Really, <laughs> I don't like if cause he, they were trying to say that he should put it like more touch on the ball. I was like, he's got three defenders right there trying to close in. You like have to you put have to put the ball on his hands somewhere <laughs> where they can't necessarily get it. He put it over his head. I mean, he put his hands up. His hands were already. He up. didn't put it over his head. He no. led him straight into it the end zone. He directly threw his hands. to his hands, <laughs> and it was like as you said, his hands turned invisible, <laughs> and the ball just went right through them. And yeah. and they had the nerve to sit there and say, "Oh my God!" If he like he was, they he just put a little too much on. No, he didn't. He He's clearly like, he said he couldn't see ball. it over there. It was like no, he did because he reached for it. He knew where that ball was going, and he missed it. Willie, I, yeah. Willie Sneed, that was a bad play by you. That is 100% your fault. Uh, but the fumble is 100% Derek Carr's fault. So the, doesn't, <laughs> the, the ball security, again, I think that's definitely going to be a kind of a, a running theme here is ball security for a lot of guys, especially Lamar Jackson, but we'll get to him in a second. Yeah. Um, but Darren Waller uh, still on the, on the Vegas side here, 10 receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Killing it for my fantasy team. Oh yeah. Uh, Brian Edwards, though, uh, like I said, the savior. Uh, four receptions for eighty-one yards. Uh, getting them down the field. My guy and right here. Just trusty Steed Hunter Renfro, six receptions, seventy yards, and Zay <laughs> Jones with the the game winner there. Uh, two receptions, forty-six yards. Even though Brian Edwards, arguably, was should have had the game winner. Right. <laughs> Uh, and then Henry Ruggs, two receptions for 46 yards. Um, so, I mean, he, it wasn't like he was trying to key in on one specific person, Derek Carr. Uh, he was spreading the ball around. And like I said, that the entire pass game completely took over and woke up in the second half. And, and they, in the second half and in overtime, uh, to continue to get them uh, 
get them back into the game for one and mm-hmm. then to get them the win as well. Um, so I props to them there. Uh, but Baltimore, I think the, the biggest thing for them and really what they need to focus on, because obviously you're missing Marcus Peters, you're going to get scored on at some point. Um, and plus you, your, your running game is, is ran a bit thin as it stands right now. So once you get Le'Veon Bell and, and uh, Devontae Freeman in the building, that'll definitely help out. Uh, but they really need to focus on Lamar Jackson's ball security because three fumbles with two of them being lost again. And this is, goes back to, I forget there's so many games where this ch- changed momentum. Turning the ball over is a momentum killer. And that is clearly what happened to, to, to Baltimore. It, you have a little bit more ball security and they're a hundred percent winning this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're looking at 19 for 30. So decently efficient uh game uh passing 235 yards uh but then you got 12 rushing attempts for 86 yards and and a, and a passing touchdown the three fumbles absolutely decimates you yeah uh momentum shifters i mean i don't know if you use pay attention at the first quarter and like every first down every you know just flexing pump fists from Baltimore. <laughs> I'm just like, oh man, this this is going this is not gonna end well. And then come second half, you you just seeing Lamar Jackson just laying prostrate on the ground, balls flying over that way. Yeah. He's going the other way. And I'm like and then to watch his body language coming off. It's like, yeah, I was sitting in my mind, I was kinda like, well they're flexing that now. Well you, you know, know you could tell it bothers him. And and that, and I think and I heard somebody talking about it earlier today. I, I do like the fact that it does bother him because it means that he's going to work on it. Mm. Um, but the, the, clearly, it's like I said, it's something that he has to work on, and I'm glad that he is aware of it because, man, it's it, that is what's going to... that That's the difference between a Baltimore and a Kansas City, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, hmm. <laughs> but that that's kind of the difference between those two types of teams is a team that understands their what they need to get fixed, and they go out and they fix it versus a team that understands what needs to get fixed and decides, well, I've just seen so much better in these other categories. I can just go out and do my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't have too much from that game just to say that that was a fantastic way to end week one of the season. Uh, and I, mm. I just was thoroughly impressed by, by Vegas. Um, just to shout out to their grit, man. Yeah. Offensively, defense. They just they they came with it, and I'm like, I don't know, may I, maybe this is really Gruden's the Gruden effect, but man, Vegas, I think is the. <laughs> I, I got my own. They I, they got I, my. I will attention. say, I'm not saying that I'm putting them into can just to kind of playoff contention territory, but they. I will keep my eyes on them uh, for the next couple of weeks to 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 make my final determination on that. I mean, truth be told, they were a bubble team last year. I mean, I know. quietly. I mean, they were on the outskirts because uh, they, of it, they fell they completely apart in the second half of the season. Right, but they were there. Yeah, you know, uh, never moving on. But with that being said, I'm impressive win. Um, Vegas, all the flowers go to you all. Baltimore was impressive in a loss. I mean, but when you, like you said, you got that many turnovers down the stretch, and then you and then you're on the road, and it's an overtime. You know, you lose an overtime. I mean, you know, take what you need to take from it. You know, a few, t- tighten up the screws here in, in a few little areas. Um, yeah, Baltimore is still that team. I don't, don't I don't I don't think they're just one of these 
you know, they got exposed type of things. Not necessarily, you know, but I, I think they may have, you know, it's just how the first, like the first half was going. It just seemed like Baltimore had all the momentum and it seemed like they, you know, Vegas was just going to kind of be one of those teams that's going to take it on the chin. And they woke up and showed up and showed out. So, I mean, all, all the credit to them. That was an exciting game. I cannot tell you the last time I've seen, I, I used the word exciting in game and the Raiders. So, <laughs> yeah, just, I haven't. I mean, it's just been so long. But with that being said, I was, this had to be one of the better games, one of the top five games that I've seen over the course of the weekend. For sure, I have no, I, yeah, this this was. I mean, I, I I had all of my notes written up, and I was like, oh, this game is going to be kind of a, a a chalk game. We really we can mention it at the end and kind of move on. But no, this game really, really became something in the second half, and I had to start writing notes down for it uh, as I was watching it because man, I just I, I was enamored. I they that game completely encapsulated my my attention uh in the second half and so. i think that's the, the nfl as you were saying this first week got it right yeah oh for sure first week first game yeah, from out. thursday to right. monday night it was just, just there I'm was just fantastic how they games started in every and how they ended yeah. was just i mean you they were very impressionably you remember that thursday game and you definitely remember this monday night game no matter what yeah, of course. Yeah, we like we watch whirlwind games throughout Sunday, and some of that stuff you gets mixed in there. You know, nobody's watching the Jets that hard, but you know, but, still mean, watch but them. we we watched the Jets. And watched we were them. like, oh my god, Sam right. Darnold! Like it. Yeah, let's, <sighs> let's god, go ahead. home run. <laughs> okay.